0: That's right. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. Time now for Market View, where we take a look at how the Singapore stock market is likely to close for the day, the biggest movers and sectors, companies to watch. As always, a quick recap of how we started. Singapore shares opened flat this morning despite overnight gains in global markets. In early trade, the STI was flat down just 0.09% to 3,141 points after some 77 million securities changed hands in the broader market. Let's go you through the numbers right now. They're firming up as always, but here's what I have on my screen. The STI is down at 0.29% at 3,132 points. In terms of value turnover, we are looking at 1.36 billion SYNC dollars. Gainers trailed losers 274 versus 278. Top 5 movers by value we've got here UOB, DBS, C-TRIM, OCBC and Singtel. Heavily traded securities included c Golden Ag- resources and Gunting Singapore. Now, in terms of companies to watch, we do have Comfort Delgro, the transport operator, announced net profit of 102 million Sing dollars for the second half of 2023, which is up 76.5% from the year ago period. Now elsewhere from a breakdown of the latest personal consumption expenditures or USPC index to the Bank of Japan Governor Kazu Ueda stopping short of declaring the two percent. Price Inflation Target Met. We've got more international headlines for you. Uh, joining me on the line is Sunny So, Lead Technical Analyst, Capital Markets and Invest Education at Sias. Sunny, welcome.
1: Hi, and Thanks for having me back on the show.
0: Great to have you as always. And let's start with the SGX as usual. Yeah, How has the STI fared so far today? Any surprises when it comes to the biggest movers, especially after that PCE numbers? Out last night, I believe we are looking at uh, the PC increasing at an annual rate of two point four percent in January, down from two point six percent in December. So, how are markets faring?
1: Yes, the PC numbers really helped to extend the rally overnight in the US. So, it shows that the inflation in US actually slowed down to two point four percent in January, the lowest since February 2021 and lower also from the uh, 2.6% recorded in the previous month. So it is matching market forecast of the 2.4% as well. And on the STI today, I'm still reading the same numbers as you mentioned earlier, down 9 points. Or about 0.3 percent to 3,132 points for the week. STI, our benchmark index, is down 52 points or 1.64 percent, following the 1.1 percent uh, we saw last week. The decline we saw last week. So this is a second consecutive losing week for our STI index after a series of the disappointing earnings results that miss uh, analyst consensus and market expectation. On the biggest movers, I see today. I see Citrum, the biggest winner on the STI index today, up half a cent or 5.56% to 9.5 cents. This is following their second half results on Monday where they reported a loss widening to 1.7 billion Sing dollars, but they also propose a 20 to 1 share consolidation to X their penny stock status. So, this consolidation may be beneficial to both the companies and the shareholders, and that will reduce market volatility as well as a boost uh, more interest in Citroën shares. So, this could be one of the reasons for the bounce today in Citroën price. Mm. And the Citroën order book outlook for 2024 seems bullish, with some of the brokers maintaining their buy calls but lowering their target price to around the 15 sense level.
0: Hmm. And Sunny, I do want to take a look at Comfort Delgro, especially their earnings, net profit of one hundred and two million Sing dollars for second half twenty twenty three, which is up seventy six point five percent on the yearly basis. What should we look out for on this front?
1: Yes, seventy six point five percent. Those are very strong financial yeah. results from Comfort Delgro. So the net profit jump that you mentioned earlier was actually backed by a four point two percent revenue increase to two billion from the one point nine billion we see in uh, the same period a year ago so the full year fy 23 results translate to an eps of uh, 8.33 cents against the 7.99 cents we saw the year earlier second half earnings per share also came in higher at 4.7 cents up from the 2.67 cents in the year earlier period and full year revenue climbed 2.6 percent to 3.9 billion with these results the company comfort actually proposed a final one tier dividend of a 3.76 3.76 cents against a dividend of 4.22 cents per share a year earlier, but that 4.22 cents include a special dividend of 2.46 cents built in. So the second half proposed dividend would bring the full-year dividend of Comfort Delgo to mm. 6.66 cents per share. And this payout ratio is at 80% above the company updated dividend policy to pay of uh, at least 70% yeah. of its net profit. And Comfort Delgos shares were up 1 cent today or 0.7% to one dollar and 36 cents.
0: Hmm, certainly looking good for Comfort Dell for the moment. And aside from CDG, yeah. Uh I want to take a look at private healthcare group IHH Healthcare. Its senior management outlined plans for the firm when it comes to organic growth. I believe it is working to expand capacity by about 33% by 2028, even larger numbers if we look at some markets like Turkey. Eh? How far is this within your expectations?
1: Yes, this is a very ambitious target. Yeah. But given their latest earnings report yesterday, right, where their Q4 earnings jumped 280% to 205 million, single from the corresponding quarter a year earlier, the growth in the hospital and healthcare revenue was attributed to the strong recovery from the core non-COVID revenues, meaning we are seeing a higher return of both local and foreign patients returning to seek a more complex treatment at the group's hospital, like the one that they have in Maui Novena, which offer a full suite of cancelled treatments. And this complex treatment actually helped the group with higher revenue intensity. So the 33% expansion by 2028 is equivalent to 4,000 new beds in several markets with more than 1,000 each for Malaysia and India over the next five years. To increase this capacity, the group is planning to spend about $763 million in FY 2024 this year. So mm-hmm. this is higher than the normal capital expenditure that is done on a year on year basis but with the with the group a pretty strong cash flow most of these expenses will be funded by free cash flow and hence the current high interest rate cost will not be much of a concern so the company also revised its dividend policy upwards to no less than 30% of the group profit after tax and from a no less than 20% policy earlier so it declared its second and final cash dividend of five and a half Malaysia cents for FY '23, mm. bringing the total dividends to nine cents per share. Yeah. And IHH shares is down four cents today, or two percent, mm. to one dollars and seventy three cents.
0: Right. Okay. If you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with Sunny sole lead technical analyst, capital markets and investor education at Sias across the region. Sunny. We have a private survey showing new home prices in China up at a slightly slower pace in February versus a month ago, reflecting a continued struggle in the property sector. Now, what do you think the government will share at its annual two sessions meeting the Chinese government, that is, and what should we look out for in terms of the language, perhaps?
1: Yes, this private survey was actually done by a real estate researcher China Index Academy. Yeah. The average new home price across the 100 cities in China rose 0.14% compared to the previous reading of 0.15% in January. So it's only just a drop of 0.01%. The num- but the number of cities that reported home growth was 9 less than the previous month, but a more worrying sign in that survey was the total sales by value among the top 100 real estate companies in China plunged 51% year-on-year in the first two months of this year. So it means that the route that we are seeing in the uh, property sector now in China is still far from over. We are not at at the bottom yet. And China has been ramping up measures to halt the downturn in the property sector after the uh, property bubble sort of burst in 2021, following a regulatory crackdown on the high leverage. Mm. If you remember, Chinese authorities actually launched a whitelist mechanism, which we discussed in January, asking state banks to boost the residential projects. So this mechanism doesn't seem to have much of an impact with the latest reading that we have. And in the annual two-session meeting next week, the market will definitely be looking out for authorities to step up for more support of um, for the property market, including but not, limit, not limited to easing home purchase restriction, lowering down payment ratios as well as the mortgage interest rate, and further increasing the financial support policies for real estate enterprise in China, failing which I suspect the slump in property mm. sector will likely continue in China.
0: Right, and... Bank of Japan Governor Kazu Ueda said it was too early to conclude that inflation was close to sustainably meeting the BOJ's 2% inflation target. He stressed the need to scrutinize more data on the wage outlook. But what is interesting about this is that it is in contrast with the comments from his uh, BOJ board member Hajime Takata, who said that sustained achievement of 2% inflation was already in sight. Any guess as to why the difference in views?
1: I felt that the Bank of Japan governor remark was just to err on the safe side of things because yeah. there's an important meeting uh, coming up among the major Japanese firms uh, this month that will determine the rate hike for this year. Okay, So economists projected the wage hike of about 3.9% on average, exceeding the 3.58% pay rise deal that they struck uh, earlier in uh, 2023, which was the highest in the last three decades. So if the projection turns out to be in line, the 3.9%, then the wage hike would cement Japan inflation above the 2% target as people who have more spending power. And Japanese union has been demanding pay increase higher than those made last year. And with the Japanese economy improving, many Japanese firms appear keen to be offering the wage hike. So the next BOJ meeting which will happen between the uh, March 18 and 19 period will be after this uh, important meeting among the major Japanese firms. So -hmm. I think the governor is maybe saving his bullet to make the announcement on the BOJ policy meeting on March 18 and 19 rather than making it now.
0: Hmm. And let's talk about EVs before we let you go. Sunny, Tesla unveiled new incentives, including insurance subsidies, to woo consumers in the Chinese market. Uh, That's amid a price war with uh, players like BYD. But while BYD is in this competition within China, it said it would introduce new models, deepen presence, expand dealership network in Japan. Do we have any clues on where the different companies are shifting their resources to and whose strategy do you think will win out?
1: I think that's a very tough question (laughs) (laughs) you want to ask me before you let me go But Tesla definitely is facing a a slowing demand and rising competition in China as well as the other markets. And BYD recently overtook Tesla to be the new market leader. BYD dethroned Tesla as the world top EV maker in Q4 last year. Mm. And Tesla responded with an even bigger discount trying to gain that throne back. On strategy-wise, I believe Tesla being the pioneer in the EV market has already built up its distribution network and hence is now aggressively throwing out incentives to improve sales and maintain market share. And on the other hand, uh, BYD has achieved the top EV maker in China and is now starting to expand its distribution network to Mm -hmm. the different overseas markets. So we know Tesla factories are all about robots and automation. And on the other hand, BYD may have access to cheaper costs Mm. Uh, be it labor or material cost in manufacturing of its EV in China. So it remains to be seen who will be more effective in driving the top and bottom line growth in their strategies. But uh, what we know is the EV market is maturing right now. Mm. Hence, profit margin going forward for both companies or any other EV makers will be starting to narrow further.
0: Mm. And to
1: maintain or increase market market shares, both firms BYD and Tesla have no choice but to lower price of their EVs and boost their incentives to boost their sales going ahead.
0: Right, let's hope the consumers will benefit. Uh, Thanks a lot, Sunny. As always, Sunny So, Lead Technical Analyst, Capital Markets and Invest Education at SIAS. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation and risk tolerance.